0: It's always fun to hear a good parable on a Sunday morning. Um, Parables, I think, are kind of like uh, the dad jokes of the Bible. Uh, They're little stories, little vignettes, uh, little funny, sometimes only a sentence or two, uh, little stories that make us stop and wonder uh, what's going on, what's uh, What's happening here? There's always a twist or a spin or a, something odd about it, that, that special aha moment. Um, and sometimes it's not real obvious. Now, the parable we have this morning, um, I don't know, the gospel writer wanted to make it very, very clear, so went on to explain the whole thing in detail, um, how he wanted us to interpret it, but it's, you know, most of the parables, Jesus teaches, and they just, they just are out there. They just are out there to make us wonder what's up. A woman, the kingdom of God is like a woman who uh, hides yeast in three measures of flour. Okay? Till it's all leavened. Um, the kingdom of God is like a widow who beats on the judge's door demanding justice until he gets tired of listening to her and says okay the kingdom of god is like a man who finds a treasure in a field and he buries it then he goes and sells everything he has to buy the field okay they're they're a little odd Sometimes they may feel very, very familiar. And, and this parable about the sower and the seed feels very, very familiar to me. And I'm pretty darn sure I've preached on this several times previously. Possibly, I'm pretty sure, right from this pulpit. Um, so that must have been three or maybe six years ago. But I have to forge ahead. You may, you may hear some of the same, same commentary. I'm not sure. Um, but like dad jokes, we can hear them over and over again, can not we? Um, I work at, the, at a cancer clinic, and in that clinic, uh, one of my jobs is to draw blood for my patients. And Frank is my coworker. He's considered among best the, uh, the best one to draw blood. Uh, he's the one most sought out by people. And Frank always has a dad joke handy, always has a joke. He says, I saw a guy get on the bus with one hand. He's going to the second hand store. Frank said he went, he followed the guy the second-hand store, he wanted to find some camouflage pants, but he couldn't find them. I know, I know. So I wasn't sure I wanted to preach on this today, but um, that's okay. It's, secretly I'm very happy to to be preaching every once, once every three or six years. Um, I did uh As I get older, it's interesting to remember that I went to college and then I went to seminary at a time before we all had computers, before we all had cell phones. Um, I did get a computer at the very end of seminary. I think it um, it was running on DOS. Um, it was basically a glorified word processor. Um, we did have, uh, a little email, but nobody else could send you any because they didn't have computers. Um, we had uh, message boards instead of uh, Facebook. You could chat with strangers. Anyway, I graduated from seminary in 1991 and I served um, four years up in Washington State at a three point charge. So in Methodism, a three point charge means that I had three small churches that could not uh, afford a pastor for themselves. So they all joined together, one pastor for three churches, Um, no church secretaries, no staff, uh, no cell phone, uh, no friends, (laughs) Uh, very little family support. Eventually, I did have a half-time person, a lay minister, come and work with me, and that was, that was wonderful. But I remember that time as being really wonderful and really, really difficult. Um, my daughter was born while I lived there, and thank goodness, because of that little baby, I remember laughing every day. Uh, But the truth is, I was crying most days as well. So it was a very, very difficult time. So I was looking at today's parable and looking, trying to find some comments, some commentaries about it, see if there was anything new out there about this parable. And I did see one suggestion from a writer that that I thought was interesting, that maybe Jesus was consoling his disciples about their poor performances, right? So in the text, we have this odd performance rating, which I hate performance ratings. I hate that. But, you know, we all know that there are some people that do better at work than others. At my work, there are certainly lots of young women that are being promoted beyond me and have more responsibilities than I do. And here we have this odd performance rating. It says some are fruitful 30-fold, some are 60-fold, some 100-fold. Now imagine these disciples following Jesus. Jesus is so popular. He is such a good speaker. Crowds gather to listen to him, so much so he has to hop in that little boat and he has to go out a little way so that more people can hear him and follow him. And then he sends out the disciples two by two to preach and to heal The results must have been a bit disappointing to those new preachers. No giant crowds, no headlines, no parade. And I think I'm not the only one who sees that in life, that there are those that are more successful and more popular and always seem to be um, getting more likes on Facebook, and I hate to admit it, but I'm a little um, more competitive than I like to believe. Um, I'm always checking my little pictures of my little dog on Facebook. How many likes did he get? Did he get 100 likes? Did he get 60 likes? He's so cute. Why isn't he, you know, a social media influencer by now? I mean, why isn't he more successful? I don't know. Why are some preachers more popular, more successful? Why are some church ministries more successful? You know, and actually I was thinking about John Wesley, because John Wesley was very popular by by many, many accounts, drew large crowds of people, all throughout England. He had a little trouble in the Americas, but that's okay. In England, he was very popular. In Wales, he was very, very popular, but apparently only in the mountains. Like, he was really popular with the miners, okay, the mining folk in Wales. Along the coastline, the fishermen, not so much, because Wesley preached um, against Uh, The the smuggling of rum, the overabundance of alcohol, the price of sugar. Sugar was being used for alcohol instead of used for food. Uh, He was, what's that word, Uh, you know, asked people not to buy sugar. And generally, the fishermen who might have been supplementing their income a little bit with a little smuggling on the side occasionally uh, didn't care for John Wesley's uh, interference. So we see this all over, right? But back to the parable. All right, so in this parable, kind of have the three elements we've got the, the sower, we've got the seed, we've got the ground. The seed is the constant, right? It's the same bag of seed, one bag of seed, it's getting tossed every place. Okay, so the quality of the seed is the same. And the Bible tells us wants us to know that's the Word of God. That's the same. The seed is all the same gets tossed around. But what changes, of course, is the ground, okay, rocky ground, hard ground, poor soil, good soil. But what I find so interesting is the farmer, is the sower of the seed, why does he toss good seed onto the rocks? I mean, why is seed wasted on the path? what farmers would take good viable seed and throw it in a ditch or down a road or on the sidewalk farmers are a lot more careful than that i think even in jesus's time i think they would be more careful than that Uh, for best results they wouldn't just toss it anywhere Uh, My friend, Nan, grew up on a farm outside of Wenatchee. Uh, Her dad had a cherry orchard. And she always told me how extremely careful he was. So all summer, the family, the whole family would be involved in the cherry orchard and raking, watering, picking, packing. And then all the other months, her dad had a job, I think, as a lineman with the county. But all winter, he also had this other job of repairing all the equipment for the farm, checking all the tractors, greasing everything, oiling everything. Um, and he would take, uh, you know, all any shed that they had taken down or any pallet they didn't need. He would remove all the nails from all the uh, old timber. And then all winter, he would, uh, anytime he had time, he'd be straightening nails out in the barn. And then he'd sort the nails and the screws and the washers and the nuts all in these big quart jars. And he kept meticulous books as well. He knew, you know, how much income had come in. He knew approximately how much he was gonna have to lay out for seed the next year or for fertilizer or for water, and Nan became, my friend Nan was very meticulous as well. She um, kept these amazing books and budgets, and she was preparing for graduate school, and she knew that four years of graduate school, she would need approximately, well, two pair of blue jeans each year, and how much she would have to set aside so that she could make it through grad school. So I just see farmers as being really meticulous and thoughtful. And I think even in Jesus' time, farmers were probably more careful than this sower in our story in the parable the sower in the parable is throwing seeds everywhere left shoulder, right shoulder behind, in front it's flying I think this is our punchline I think this is our surprise the kingdom of God is like a farmer who throws seeds everywhere and waits to see what grows so it's not just consoling some Disciples about uh, why some preachers are better than other preachers or why some projects are more successful. We see a celebration of trying, T-R-Y-I-N-G, trying, letting the seed of God, letting the word go and seeing how that grows. We don't always know how the seed is going to land. We don't always know how the ministries in our church, which ones are going to be success, successful or, um, you know, last the longest. You know, when we started a community garden, we didn't know, is that going to fulfill a need in our community? And you know, when someone wanted to make muffins and give them away on the corners you know, of the street, we didn't know if that was going to be helpful to somebody, to get a muffin and a smile in the morning. We don't know, I think, we don't know how many lives we have blessed by keeping this church open, by handing out muffins, by saying a prayer in Spanish. We don't know how many lives we have touched and have blessed by being the church here and now in this place. So like a farmer that plants in the fall, hoping to harvest in the spring, I think we need to keep trying things We need to keep helping our neighbors, keep inviting. We need to keep the coffee hot so that the Word of God, the Kingdom of God, the love of God can grow here. Thank you for listening to The Message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church our senior pastor is Jorge Rodriguez. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10am on the Hillsboro United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at hillsboroumc.org. Thank you.